On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Fatima. And Fatima was in a toxic relationship with a psychologically abusive partner. It's a story of proving yourself, trauma bonds, codependency, and getting back to the old you. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. This is a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of toxic relationships. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now before we get to our episode with Fatima, I just first want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. Now, if you've not been to our website, NarcissistApocalypse.com recently, please do go there if you want to be part of our show. At the top of the page, you'll be able to find a button that says Guest Form. You click that button, you know, you fill out that form, and away we will go. But another way to be on our show is to be part of our Letters to My Narcissist compilation episode, where you read a letter by sending a voicemail to us on our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. There's a button on the side of the page that says Send Voicemail. Click that button once. It records up to five minutes. Twice, records up to ten minutes. Click it as many times as you need to record your letter. If you do not want to record your letter yourself and want us, myself, or my old pal Melissa to read it for you, please do send an email to NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com. And in the subject line, please write letters to my narcissist. Other things on our site. We are now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have now partnered with Online Parenting, and many of the courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with these individuals in court, and now he's helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. And what else do we have for you here? We are going to discuss our Patreon, everyone. Another way to support our show is by being a patron of our Patreon. You get episodes that never made it to air, follow-up episodes with former guests. Like last week, we had one with Laza, and it's an interesting follow-up to that story as well. So go and listen to that. Plus, we have on there virtual support groups every Wednesday and Saturday. A big shout-out to everyone who's in the support group on Saturday. It was a good time. We had two new people on there on Saturday. Hopefully, we helped them out. It was a really inviting crew, 
And, you know, if you want some extra support, join our Patreon. You become part of our support groups on there. That's at patreon.com slash Narcissist Apocalypse. And last thing here in my notes, someone in our Patreon group, on our virtual group on Saturday, uh, told us about a study that is being done by New York University about psychological abuse. And they're looking for people that have been in these situations and have been victims of it and are now survivors of it. And they want to know about personality traits and such things. So we're going to leave a link in the show notes for you to go and be a part of this study if you want to be part of this part of the study. Uh, I'm having a tough time getting my words out properly. Anyway, uh, that's all for that. I'll leave that in the show notes. And now without further ado, here is my interview podcast with Fatima. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, I have Fatima. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much How for the invite. Oh, you're welcome for the invite. How uh, was my Spanish accent on that one? On a scale of one oh, to ten. Perfect. Oh, okay. I'm not. You know, I'm not great uh, uh, at any sort of accent, but anyway, uh, thank you for being here with me today. Unfortunately, you are here with me today. You have a really interesting story to tell. It's going to help a lot of people. So, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. And without further ado, uh, Fatima, the floor is now yours. Well. Thank you so much, and um, I guess I'll start like most of your um, previous guests start with uh, my, you know, my story is that I was, I, I grew up in a very loving household, um, you know, based on, on extremely hard work. My my father, there's one thing I can summarize about him, it's, he's been a wonderful father, he treats his daughters like princesses, always. And he literally, it, he gets up and works, comes home late and eats and goes to sleep. So I had that growing up. I, I got the chance to um, go to you know best schools, best sports. I was competitive, did competitive sports, um, was ranked probably... Um, top 10 in the country for the sport that I did. So I've always had a pretty good, um, you know, I had a pretty good childhood. There was a lot of expected of me, but other than that, it was loving, um, always loving. Um, I, I got married to a, um, to a very nice man. And after years of uh, a couple years of being married, uh, it didn't work out. He, he he was an excellent human being. He cooked and he cleaned. It was just that you know I needed stability, and I just didn't see him having the same goals as I did, or or the same drive, right? So, um, and I say this because it has a lot to do with how I met my narc. Um, so I separate. After you know a couple years of marriage, and um, and I guess I skipped over that. I, I came to the town that I'm at for school, and then I, I after school, after I graduated from college, I um, 
I got a dog, but my dream, um, my, my dream uh, company, um, I, I've always been very focused. So I came to this town because I knew where I wanted to work, and I got there, and I worked for the best uh, unit of that, you know, that company. So, you know, that's who I am. You know, I, I, I've always, again, tried my best. So anyway, by then, I'm working at my dream job, but I'm working a lot, I'm, you know, holding on, financially holding on to paying for everything in my family. So we, we divorce, we separate. Right around that time, I meet a young guy, 10 years younger than me, actually 11 years younger than me. Um, random, outside of my house, I'm with my son. My son by then is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually teaching him how to ride his bicycle, so I'm outside. And this young guy comes over and talks to me. And nothing more. You know, I, I, when I met him, I even, you know, I told my friends, you know, I had just separated. I had come from this, you know, marriage where I was, like, I was so responsible. And I was finally, you know, able to be independent and free. <laughs> and this guy was very, you know, it was, he was, I didn't even think he was that handsome, but he is handsome. He was just very caring. So he would text me, um, you know, good morning, love, good evening. I had just met this guy. He, he was my neighbor. So he lived in the building next to me. And it went on and lots of texts and lots of texts. And maybe three months later after I went out with friends, one night he texted me and I thought, you know, I had drank. Not a lot, but just enough to feel a little brave. And I think I told him, oh, are you home? And, and he said yes. So um, I went to his house, and it was literally, I walk in, and we had, we, you know, we had sex, and I, and I left. And, you know, it was very unlike me, but it was, you know, I had, it just felt fun, and, and you know, I could do this, and this guy's young, and it was, it was just fun, nothing more than that. And, and everyone, all of my friends thought, Oh, she's just having fun. No one was worried. Um, this went on for, I would say, two years. And, um, so, you know, at that time, um, I did an MBA somewhere along, maybe like a year after I divorced separate. I did an MBA at a top school while working, while having a son. And, and this guy was kind of, like, always around if I needed to, you know, relax. I'd go over to his house, and he, um, we'd talk and, and, and have sex. Sometimes he would, he started to help me a lot in my house. Like, oh, you know, I need um, something fixed. He's super handy. So I started to depend on him for a lot of, like, little man things around the house. So this is maybe two, three years later of this this friendship Something. So is, is it fair to and, say that this started off as a friends with benefits type relationship? Yes. Okay. He was, uh, he was 25. He was still finishing college. <laughs> he didn't have a job. So there was no future for me there. You know, I have a son. I'm very, you know, focused, career focused. So for me, there was no way I would get attached to this guy. So somewhere along there, you know, I finished the MBA, and um, he helped me move 
he helped me move something. I had moved apartments. I was no longer next to him. And he helped me move. And after that, don't ask me why. He, he told me something like, but you would never date me, you know, really date me. And I said, no, yeah, I would. And that was it. So before you get to the dating part, can okay. I just ask, like, so within that time, it, you know, because we're talking about two years here. You have two, year, two years here of, you know, no red flags. If who knows if you're even looking or like that even bothers you at that point because you have a certain type of relationship in your mind. And in those two years, he has no rage problems, nothing where that could pop up for you to say, I don't like this guy. So it's two years of knowing him and in a way feeling him out. So at this point, before you officially start dating him, you have zero reason to think that there is anything wrong with him. None. Yeah. So I think I had become, I like his attentiveness. I like that, you know, I was coming from a marriage of a guy who... You know, I wasn't in my head manly enough, right? And this my, this guy fixes things around my house. It's always, you know, you know, ready for me. He would make me feel the prettiest woman in the world. Every time he would see me, he, he'd comment on how successful I was and how, you know, as soon as he saw me, he felt aroused and wanted to have sex with me. So... You know, I felt so alive, and he seemed so nice that I thought, you know, why can't I date? You know, I'm a successful woman. Like, I don't need a man to to support me, per se. So why not? You know, I like him, and that was it. You know, I didn't think more of it. Um, and... and I want to say that prior to him and my ex-husband, I had always dated very successful men who who had it together, who um, were kind of type A. So this 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 guy was was like refreshing. You know, he was he loved um, he was young and outgoing, and, and he was so different. So I started dating him, and. Um, it's right away the red flags start. Now I see them. But back then, I was so happy to be around him. I mean, I remember just sitting next to him would make me feel so happy. But it started with the little things. For example, the first official red flag was when when I he we were going to um it was there was an international film festival. And he was mad at me because I, I wasn't concerned that he was hungry. But, of course, it didn't matter because it, 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 what mattered was that we had to go see this movie. And I thought, well, no, no, there's a little restaurant next to the next to the theater where you can have a sandwich. But then he was mad because there was not enough time. And, of course, it was all about me, you know, me. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, I'm such a nice, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a nice person. Like, if someone's hungry, I would rather the person eat, and I'll just miss my movie. Like, it's okay. So I was so confused. Like, why is he saying this? So that, I think, to me, was the the first flag 
he then told me he, you know, he he had anxiety, and um, and then I think I started to realize like anything that wasn't what he wanted to do would kind of give him anxiety. Um, well, now I just think it's one of like the narcissistic traits. Back then, I was like, oh, okay, he gets anxiety. If I had a work event, he would like not answer my. He would like leave me by myself and not show up and then claim he fell asleep. So there was a lot of these little, like, red flags that at the time I thought, oh, okay, it's like his anxiety kicking in, right? Um, and what else? He, I couldn't sleep at his house because anxiety <laughs> would kick in. So he couldn't, if, he, if I slept at his house in his bed, he couldn't sleep. So because we were neighbors, I would always, even dating, I would always have to go out to my house, like, at 1230. He would walk me, thank God. But, um, so, you know, I was, you know, it started, there was little things that just felt so weird. Um, it, and I guess this continued, you know, my, my happiness and our, I was doing a lot of energy. It was so much fun, you know, com- Compared to my ex-husband, this guy was always coming up with, like, ideas. Let's go here. Let's go to this event. Let's go to the beach. So I was in this world where, you know, just always doing something. So, again, it was fun. The red flags were there. I did not consider them red flags back then. Um, so be, a big, big... Sorry, be, mm-hmm. before... Um, I guess you even get to devaluation in, in the first stage, I, I guess is, is the love bombing or the trust building pretty much done based upon, you know, the first two years. Is there a, a moment where you're like hooked in for good or does that happen at like while devaluation is going on? I think I'm so hooked. I think that the devaluation was such little sprinkles that I didn't realize it. It wasn't really, um, you know, I had, like I said, I had dated really, you know, type A kind of guys who, in retrospect, weren't that nice. So for me, I I don't want to say it was normal, but it was like little sprinkles of his opinion. It was weird. Um, But 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 I was still uh, very... Sorry, but to but to sum, uh, summarize would be, you know, he is a take charge kind of guy. He's manly. These are things that you weren't getting before. Uh, he's caring, or at least he's showing yeah. that he uh, is caring. And what else do I have here in my notes? Um, you know, you're used to him already. As, as in the feeling you're getting from him is you're allowed to be independent, free, and fun with him. And uh, it was good sex. And so, like, all of those yeah. things are, like, the opposite of your partner. Uh, you know, this guy can keep up with me. And, you know, that's kind of what has you hooked into him at this point. Yes. Exactly. The sex was the best sex I've ever had in my life. And um, he introduced me to his family. And um, he was genuinely caring and I did feel like the connection was like nothing I had ever felt before I just um 
you know, at that point, if he had asked me to marry him, I would have said yes. Like, I was so blinded. Um, I, this was only, this, this was only like the first three months of officially dating. I go to celebrate my birthday to my hometown and, um, he, it was, I I had already planned it with a couple girlfriends, so he's not invited. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember I was, I, I had fun in my birthday, but I wanted to be with him. So I come back, and he has flowers. I, after my birthday, I come back home. And um, and he leaves his Apple Watch in my house. And that's it, right? But I get curious, and I check his messages on his Apple Watch. And he had a, a conversation with someone, um, like, oh, are you home? You know, hey, baby, blah, blah, blah. Like, so he, he he slept with someone or he claims he didn't sleep or did whatever he did um, on my birthday. Like, when I checked the date, it was my birthday, and he had slept with this person. So he cheated on me. So we break up. And I, and I think what broke my heart was that I was so in love with him. We were so connected. That I thought, how could he, like, you know, I thought, you know, he, he, I was like, the girl he, he, he looked up to that is finally um, committed to him. And it broke my heart. So I, you know, I break up and I, and I miss him. And it was so, you know, I, you know, my smart girl, but I, Missed him nonstop. This was in, um, so this was around like beginning of summer. And, um, towards end of summer, a little, I guess closer to like October, I, um, I need, um, I need a, a realtor because I'm moving home. And he, that was one of the many things that he did. So, so, sorry, so when you broke up with him, is he trying to reel you back in or are you right now just trying your best to not contact him and you're able to be apart? Yeah, he would text me random, like, how are you doing? I miss you. But he never really tried to get me. He never hoovered me like, like uh, here. Like, there was no... Um, like driven intention to get me back. It was me. It was me who who um when I called him back because I needed the realtor, you know, I needed him to show me some places. I had uh, by the way um I don't know if this matters, but after I did the MBA, I had gained a lot of weight just because I I had no time to work out. I was um you know, doing all those things. So when he sees me again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very much, I'm, I'm skinnier. I, you know, I, I look, you know, different. And I can tell you that every workout, I was like, I'm gonna be skinny so that he can like me. I mean, I'm gonna throughout this story. 
it was his fault. But I was also not in a good place, I think, because who thinks like that? You know, I was obsessed with getting him back, even though he had cheated on me. So, um, so I guess after that, after he comes to help me with the, show me some properties, um, we kind of start talking again more and more. I, I want to say prior to this, the texts were very sporadic. Um, you know, maybe once a week or around there. So after this, we, we, we start talking and there's, um, there's a hurricane by where I live coming. And uh, my husband by that time had a girlfriend and he wouldn't, um, you know, he had his, his own plan. So I'm by myself with my mom and my son and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned. And he offers to come with me. And, um, and I just felt so protected. <laughs> and this guy's like a handyman and he comes with all his things and we, we, um, we, we leave our, where, where we're at, we leave uh, town and, and he's with us and my son loves him. My son had never met him before. Kind of had heard about him, but my mom is like so thankful that he, he took over and he was so protective and, and, um, and uh, we had to uh, at some point move hotels. Anyway, so the art, the... He, I think that was that was for me the, the the okay like yeah he cheated on me but look how much he protects me. Um, I have I have to mention that he's a big uh, pot smoker, and 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 I am very open to anything that people do, but I personally don't like it and I like to follow the rules. <laughs> so in that hotel, I remember he was he had his own room, but he was smoking. And I was so nervous that he was going to get kicked out because of the smell. He smokes like um, the oils. So they're not as smelly. But And my son wanted to go hang out with him in his room. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, he can't come, my son, because this guy smokes. And I don't want my son to smell that. So we, after that trip, we were official again. And um, I guess. Part two of our, of our of our dating, it this is when it like the bad gets worse. Like I don't know if he was punishing me for having broken up with him or or if his true colors just came out, but um it was strange. Like um like shortly after um we like it was his birthday and I got him a, um, he, he, he always talked of flying. Like he loved, he plays those, that video game where he flies. <laughs> Sorry. And I got him one of these discovery flights where you can go with a pilot and he lets you actually take over the, the, the like, it's like, a heli- like a little plane and fly it. So I got him that. And then um, there was a famous new restaurant in my town and I got him a dinner, like a, we got, I got a reservation there. And mind you, I'm successful and I, and I do okay, but I also, you know, I'm a single mom. So this is extravagant for me because, you know, I have uh, bills to pay. I have my son's education to pay. So it was a big effort for me to, 
goes like kind of beyond for his birthday. And during his dinner, whenever he drank, he got absolutely worse. I don't even know what he started to tell me that I started to cry. This is after I had gone beyond to make sure he was happy. And I remember being in this fancy restaurant crying. Like the people next to me must have thought I, you know, I don't know. I were wondering what, what, um, what was going on and carrying up. And I was like, well, it took a lot of effort for me to find like the perfect gift. Like, so I guess part two, I'm already super hooked, but this is, it, it's already feeling very abnormal. Like things are, are, are happening like that. Um, you would accuse me of, um, like, if my son's tennis just weren't clean, he'd be like, oh, look at how you're... My, my son went to a private school, and like I said, yes, I'm successful, but yes, I had big bills to pay. And maybe maybe the tennis shoes, I don't remember if, if it was that. I, I completely oversaw that they were used or they were dirty. I don't even remember. But he would be like, oh, look at your son's tennis shoes. They're so dirty. And then I'd go clean them. And then he'd walk into my place, um, and, and literally... I lived in a beautiful place next to the water, and I had someone come help me maybe, like, once a week to clean. But I kept it pretty okay. Sometimes, you know, there were dish, dirty dishes because I worked and all the that. But he would come in and, you know, one day he passed his finger in, in like, a weird spot. Like, not even that it's dirty. It's just, like, like a spot where you don't, um, you don't pass your finger by. And he's like, oh, like, so dirty. So... You know, this is this this is going on, and, and I'm a strong girl, so by now, part two, I'm feeling it. Like, uh, I'm not, um, I'm not, like, I love him, but I'm, I, and I can't imagine a life without him, but I am looking, like, I'm actually, you know, looking at these, these things, um, you know, these negatives, right? Um, I go out. To a by then I go out with my uh, some friends that are out of town and because of his anxiety he doesn't come and we were we were at a place dancing and I'm drinking and there's a really nice guy and this and so my ex claims that he saw me on a like a snapchat from someone but I think he was following, you know, in retrospect, I think he was must have been there, like, watching me, because I, I don't believe that story of the Snapchat. So after that, um, you know, I tell him, you know what, yes, I'm sorry, I didn't see, but, you know, this guy started telling me how beautiful I was, and I missed that, and you always make me feel so ugly and so, oh, you know, so, so old, and, and I just, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, and he, he broke up with me. <laughs> but then the next day he told me, well, I guess we have been through a lot. So we're going to go back, but it's going to be hard on me. And oh, my God, was it hard. He became like the controlling people you see in the movies. He would track me on my phone if I, if I stopped. To get a, I stopped once to get a smoothie, and he's like, where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm getting a smoothie. And he's like, well, why did it feel like you were there? There was like a motel nearby. And um, and he would be like, well, 
I'm sure because there's a motel nearby. And I, and then I think I responded something like, well, no, like, no, like, like, no, I would not be at a motel. And then he would say, oh, that's right, because you're a gold dealer. You would, how, I couldn't accuse you of being in a motel. You would be in a, you know, a rich. So, oh, my God, I cannot explain to you the controlling, um, this part was so horrible, but I'm still, I'm hooked. I, like, love him, but I know he's not good for me, but I love him, but I can't live without him. Um, we were at a, at a restaurant, and he was accusing me of looking at the bartender. And I was like, no, like, I don't like, like, no, I'm not looking at him. I'm just staring into the, like, you know, you stare at some signs. And he started to accuse me of, of looking at this bartender. And I said, you know, I don't like him. And again, he'd be like, oh, of course, because you're a gold digger, So you wouldn't like a bartender. I'm like, no, I just don't like the guy. Like, no. So that day, um, he wanted to go get, he wanted to get cocaine and I am, like I said, I like to do things well, like the right way, like, no, like I like to follow the law. So I was like, I, I cannot go, I cannot be part of this. Like I have a son. I cannot be with you when there's cocaine in a part, like, I, like beyond me. And on the way back was the first grade. He was, Screaming at me in the car so bad. I mean, I don't know how we did it. He was speeding. And, um, I mean, I had never seen someone in that situation. Like, I had never seen someone like that. I had never in my entire life had anyone scream at me that way. You know, I'm exhausted by that time with his controlling, controlling things. Um, but you think like I would, he, he, I don't even remember. I don't even, I don't think he stopped to get cocaine. I think he dropped me home and then went back. Um, and I say this because I'm telling you this story and it's like so beyond me that I'm having these arguments. You know, when I'm so responsible and when I have a kid and it's just. Um... So at this point of your relationship, you know, mm-hmm. you, you started out at first in this two to three year honeymoon period. Nothing's wrong. Then you get into, you know, red flags are showing up. You, he, he cheats on you. He still hasn't devalued you in the way that he is now. He was devaluing you, but not in the way it happened now. You got back together with him, and there is an event where he then breaks up with you, and you're hooked on him, and now when you want to get back together with him, he's now been able to cheat on you, he's been able to devalue you, he has been able to break up with you, and you now wanting to get back with him, and now this type of behavior is occurring. The person you are with is completely different 
than that guy from the boy toy from the early years. And a thing that he's using against you, obviously there's parts in there that he's said about the cleanliness of things. And I assume that's going to manifest into uh, questioning uh, you as a mom and things like that of how you take care of things. But he's also questioning you about being a gold digger. And (laughs) so there's this aspect of you here where, you know, as you told me at the beginning of the story of like the types of guys that you like, you have this work ethic about yourself. You have these things you like about yourself. So when he's talking to you about being a gold digger, do you take that seriously? Do you say like, well, I do like these types. I like successful men. You know, it's not that I'm a gold digger. I like men who are motivated, who are ambitious. Is there a kernel of truth in there for you where you actually start believing this is what he's saying, which kind of keeps you hooked into, um, you know, if he isn't going to be successful, that like, uh, I can be with someone that's not on the same path as me and like stay with him and have him eventually take advantage of you. I might be getting ahead of myself uh, with that, but, <laughs> but is that kind of, uh, is that kind of uh, the gold digging thing uh, a kernel of truth for you? So I actually don't get offended with the gold digging okay. accusation because it didn't bother me. It bothered me that he was trying to kind of pushed me down, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think throughout, the one thing about my mother is that she always expected the absolute best of me. And I was very good at what I did. But, you know, so I have this thing where if I'm not the best, sometimes I feel like a little, you know, like, like, like a failure, like a little failure. So... He found that point about me. And I'm not, and then I thought to myself, like, no, 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 you were, you know, top 10 of your, you know, of your team when you were young. I didn't go to the Olympics, but I was top 10, so I'm not a loser. But, you know, what? I think that there's a little part of me that always feels like I can do better. And that's just from how I was raised. So he got to that. And he would, you know, he would, um, so anyway, I think that's what bothered me, the, the the fact that he was trying to find little ways to bring me down. Um, you know, the cleanliness the, the, of, of my apartment. Um, he would challenge your, uh, what's the best word for it, um, a perfectionism in a way. He, he would challenge your uh, goal to be always uh great and you were and i guess you grew up in a way where you were doing great things and you were pleasing people while doing that is that fair to say yeah yeah so now so so, so now you mm -hmm. want to achieve because he's pointing out uh that you're not achieving so now you want to do it in reaction is that fair yeah okay yeah and yeah, and he would criticize, like, the way I dress. I mean, I think I dress pretty well, but I'm also, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a young 20-year-old, so I'm not going to dress like with, and, 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 and I'm Latin. So I think he wanted me to dress like a millennial, and I'm not a millennial. Like, I like to wear my heels, and I had a, a, corp, you know, I had a corporate job, so I dress 
different. And he would, you know, criticize the way I dress. He would say, oh, well, all your clothes from the 90s, you don't spend any money on you. And, you know, like I said, of course I wanted to spend money on me. But at that point, I was also spending a lot of money with him because he would pay for half the things. And I would pay for half. But, you know, I, I had this this rhythm that I didn't have before where I was, you know, spending more on the weekends than I would if I was alone. Um, by the way, he never, this is like what, five years, three years later after we met. So he's 28, 29 and he still has no job. So he, his family owns real estate and he, he took his, or they, he lives in a free, like he doesn't pay rent on he's where he lives because it's, given to him and then his dad owns another property that he collects rent from because he he claims that not he claims he does help the family in their real estate needs but you know like if they, they have a couple apartments and when the tenant leaves he paints them or so, so he does help them but anyway in this time he's you know he's accusing me of not spending enough money on on, on me on new clothes but you know he doesn't work he does, you know, he, he, he lives off the rent of his, you know, his family's, um, you know, apartment. But of course me, I'm taking it so to heart and I want to be better. Um, but it just so happens, you know, these little things, I mentioned them because they add up and no one's completely you know, these guys go after smart girls, and I think we, we sometimes lose our north, but we're still smart girls, and we're still strong. So, you know, these little things are adding up, adding up, and although he accuses me of not being a good mother because whatever reason, um, I there's a possibility for me to take this course um, that my company's going to pay for in an area that I, I was kind of weak in, and my boss suggested it and it was like a once a week three hour course at night and he was so against it like why you barely spend time with your son now you're gonna be busier and you barely give me time and and I stood my ground and I took the course and I must say that this course is, you know, kind of like pausing the story is what has kept me financially okay um, through the pandemic. Um, the, you know, subsequently I, I lost my job um, just because the company did cut my team. But anyway, but he fought me not to take this course, you know, accusing me like the bad mother issue. And I just, like I said, you know, I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it. So this was when he was still in his controlling state, and um, and I think one time I lost battery, and and I was so scared. Like I felt like an abused woman. Like I came out running to charge my phone, and I FaceTimed him because he would always FaceTime me all day, just like to make sure he knew I was there. And he was mad at me. So by here, my friends are like not happy they i have really a good friend of smart women around me and they were like this is not normal like 
So one of them invites me over to dinner right after this episode. And she, she, um, she wants to talk to me and like, hey, what's going on? But this friend changes plans and she's like, oh, wait, you know what? Let's go to someone else's home. So I'm in the car because my friend changed dinner location. So it's like a weird part of the story. But in that car ride, it's my best friend, her friend, and me in the back. And this guy is like texting me like, you better, because he's following me, right? So he, he sees that there's a location change. And he says, you better not be cheating on me. And I'm like, you know, me, silly me at the time. It's like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not. This, this girl changed the location. We're going to somewhere else in a restaurant. So this guy FaceTimes me. And he, he's like, by now he's like a monster. And he starts to tell me like something. I don't even remember the exact words, but he says something like, you better not be cheating on me, you effing. And my face just fell because all this has been going on in, in silence with him and me, right? No one, like people see me acting weird, but they don't know this. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm usually like a very happy person, like no one can understand this um my friend hears this and she turns around and she was like what like and the and the guy next to her is just like quiet like what is this and like i said i talk my my group of people are like nice people so they have no they haven't i don't want to say never seen this they're just so surprised like what is this so of course i hang up I'm crying. I'm so embarrassed. You know, I'm supposed to be out of my friend, like the successful girl who does an MBA. Like, you know, like I'm good. I'm, I'm like, you know, my, I'm like, my friends admire me, right? And they, they, this, this, my best friend hears this, and she's like, no, 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 this is not right. What is going on? So I think I sob and I tell her everything. I'm like, I just. Diarrhea of the mouth, like, and she tells me, well, I give you one week to break this off or I talk to your parents because you're in an abusive relationship. And particularly, she didn't like the fact that when he started to mess with my career and she would told me, you have a son and your son, you know, you have a lot of things coming up. relationship and she divorced her husband and she's like I know this and you do not want to go where I was at like you know this so I I try and break up with him I don't and she calls my parents so um my parents fly in like the next day <laughs> and um, and and you know, 
that my dad, you know, always treated us like princesses. And he cannot conceive someone, you know, treating me that way. And, you know, my friend, when she heard him on the phone, and maybe I, I, I you know, I'm not describing the, the, the call well enough, but he was like, I have never yelled at you. Like, I have never, um, well, you, like, you have never been mistreated. Like, what, like, what is, my dad was crying. Like, he, like, if he hitting me, they thought he was hitting me, which he didn't. But he was so upset that, um, you know, he, he, um, he couldn't believe it. And I have, um, I have a lot of respect for my dad, especially that I always, you know, he's old school, but, you know, this guy still to this day, he worked so hard. And, um, and he, you know, he, I, don't, I felt like I was, what's the word, like, um, defrauding, um, disappointing I, I him? I just felt disappointing him, and I was, I just felt so bad that I was putting them through this. So, um, they, I don't. They basically told me something like, you can't, you know, like, we don't want you to be with him, and and that was it. So I do break up with, with uh, my ex, my um, ex-narc. <laughs> um, I do, you know, I do get embarrassed that my dad has to see this. I do see the real situation. I do see how bad he is for me. Um, I must say that at work, I was working, I had a very high-profile job, but I wasn't giving it my 100. Why? Because, you know, this guy didn't do anything. So as soon as 5 p.m. hit, he was calling me, like, when I didn't have my son, like, what are we going to do? Can you leave? Like, you know, you're a slave for being at the office forever. So I'm, I'm a very hard worker, but I was giving that job maybe, like, 60% because my head wasn't there. My head was dealing with this guy making me cry one night or not or this or that. So, um, so when when my dad comes, um, and my family, I break up with him, and I'm in a good place. I, I start to see a therapist. Um, I start to by then, but I, I always I have to say that your body, if you don't want to realize how bad you are like listen to your body i was feeling so sick and i had gained like 20 pounds just who knows just my body was just gaining and gaining weight so we break up and automatically like i start to get back into myself i start to exercise i start to lose weight i'm good um i um i i'm good and you think it's over, <laughs> like that's it. But I don't know how I start to talk up again with him months later, and everything starts again. I mean, I, I would like to say that it's different, but like the same kind of stories and the devaluation and blah blah. And by by this time, he has a best friend, or so he claims. And then the tri triangulation starts, and I get 
like obsessively trying to get him like win like be like win him over this girl but he he so he's so just to ex- he, so just just to clarify here uh you mm-hmm. get back together with him he has a female friend that is most likely another girlfriend and you are now vying for his attention. Do you and this other uh, woman uh, interact with each other, or you've never you've, you don't see her at all? When we were dating, this girl would appear sometimes, and she would like uh, she came with us to watch like a soccer game one time. So I truly thought they were friends. Um, yeah. So yeah. So this, this, he's hanging out with this girl a lot, and um, and sometimes with me, and he would always tell me, "But we're just friends." But you know, we're just friends, and and don't think more. So I'm seeing him um, in secret because I don't want my parents to know. We're we're actually traveling nearby to go some places. My parents don't know, and I. I feel horrible. I feel, you know, and this is when you need to understand that it's like a drug because I felt like a drug, like a crack addict. Like I knew he was bad. I knew he wasn't good for me. I knew he made me feel bad, but I could not not be with him. And I could not imagine a life without him. Um, So this goes on for... For a while, we we have some, you know, kind of like a little bit of everything around the same, except uh, by then he had bought a boat. And um, in one of those, um, one of those boat days, um, he, he, he does cocaine in front of me. So if you can hear the story, it's like I am... We're, we're on the boat, and I check his um, I check his phone messages, and he's he's talking to to a guy, and it's like a like sexual innuendo, and I'm like, and he sees me looking, so he gets extremely mad, extremely mad, um. He actually, you know, by that time he was he was drunk, and um, and and he has the boat on a trailer. So when we leave, he's like, "I can't drive. You have to drive." And I'm like, "I've never driven a boat with a trailer. Like I can drive, but that is night. You know, it was like super scary." And as I'm driving, he's still so mad that I saw his messages, but I'm still not clear. Like the messages said things, but not with this guy. But I think he thinks I know. I know I discovered him, but I I, I don't. I'm so naive. Like I'm still like, eh, what's like, what is this? And so we're driving. I'm driving this this boat, this uh, and the, this uh, truck with the boat. And he starts to hit me with. He's eating like Kentucky Fried Chicken, and he starts to hit me with the chicken in my forehead. And, like, it was so demeaning to me. And I don't know why. It was just like I'm driving. I'm nervous. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And this guy's hitting me with this chicken. And I, like, get the box of chicken from the bottom. And I, like, 
push it so that all the chicken hits his face. And, and I'm telling you this because it escalates, right? I have never done that. I'm not an aggressive person. But when he, you know, the, this whole situation, I'm like, what is this? Like, so shortly after, in another boat ride, um, he always did these little things, like these extreme things, when we have something the next day, like it, like something I couldn't cancel. Like, I think the next day after that, we went on a cruise. We were going on a cruise all paid for. So it was like he knew, like, I wasn't going to break up with him because we had something already planned. It was always lots of situations were like this. So in the cruise, again, I check his messages. And, and again, it's like something like a weird conversation, more sexual. And shortly after is, is when he tells me that um, he's bisexual. And um, I really continue the, the you know, like, it matters, but it doesn't matter because, you know, I'm very open, like, okay, but, you know, you're with me, so um, it doesn't really matter. By this point, um, you know, it, my, my by this point, you know, I'm so hopeful, like, it, like I, everything doesn't matter as long as I'm with him because I can't leave him. And um, I had, I think I, I somewhere along those, those that time I lose my job. Not just me, but my whole team. The company make cuts in, you know, in a bunch of layoffs, and I I come out. And I have to say that my I'm, I'm so focused on him. And on and on spending, my, you know, like this trip, you know, it was again, it was like a cruise. I'm I'm paying half of it for me and my, you know, I'm paying my 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 part, my son. So I'm overspending, and I don't have a by then I don't have a job, and I'm I'm like a drug addict, just focused on him. My career, I put to the side, blame him, blame me. My career is like I'm doing little steps to get a job again. I'm taking a break, whatever. And I'm depleting, but you, you, I don't know if I can explain to you. I'm depleting by the thousands. I'm depleting because I'm paying, obviously, my, my, you know, all the, the expenses that I have and there's no income coming in. And I'm out, you know, it doesn't matter because I, I'm, I'm in love with him. By then, I think I tell my parents, like, I'm sorry, I'm back with him. And my parents are devastated. And I, and I, you know, I want to have a um, family with him and marry him. And I don't, I mean, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> um, I am like a shell of something. <laughs> and um, in one of these trips that we took, uh, we were actually um, with my son in with a lot of my son's friends and family, like their parents, in Orlando. So it's like a really family weekend. And I look at his videos of his iPad, and I see a video. And, um, well, I see it was like in his trash, and it was hundreds. I must say he always had, and I, and I didn't say this at the beginning, he was always 
chatting with someone always. Like every time I would text, and he was like infected in chats, but in his mind it wasn't cheating. It was like he's just talking. And me, you know, I'm starting to accept these things as normal. And he's convinced me that, you know, sometimes when he's bored, but it's just chats. So I go into his iPad. And it was like the hell of pictures, like every like naked girls and naked this and st- like like pictures. It seems like pictures that people had sent him or women. But then there was one of a video of him giving um, fellatio to a man or um, or to a man with a penis, and I. I don't know how to describe this. It was he was so happy, and this had just happened um, because it had a date. And you know, here I am in Orlando with all these families, <laughs> like looking at this. And I think I would have had the same impression if it was with a woman. But in, I, I mean, I just I had no words. I just froze, and I and one of the things that went through my head was like, like. I have never seen him that happy with me. Like, like he is completely in like happy, and I am a nice person, and he deserves to be with whomever makes him happy. Like, I'm so, you know, all these things are going through my head, right? Like, oh my god, he cheated on me, but then I want him to be happy, but then I can't judge him because he has a sexual preference, but then I want him all in like one minute. <laughs> so what happens after that is that I become numb i still i'm still with him but i can't like i just couldn't have sex with him i was just so scared that um he would have sex with whomever man woman without protection and that i would get something you know that i would get like hiv or and, 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 not, and I'm not saying this because of you know, it's, a, it's a gay, it's a man, because I saw him with a bunch of women, and he doesn't like to use a condom. So in my head, women or men, I'm like, this guy doesn't like to use a condom. Therefore, you know, one times 50 times, who knows how much time, you know, I don't know what he's doing. Now I have zero trust. There's one thing I thought he was chatting. There's another where I don't know if this guy's having sex every time I go to sleep. I, you know. So I can't have sex with him after that. I, I'm still with him because I'm so attached. His family's like a lovely family. Um, at some point, I think I'm working. His family had a, a, um, an office, an empty office, and they, they let me use it. So I was using his, like, office. I'm so attached in every possible way that I, like, continue going through the notion, but I can't sleep with him. And of course, I must say that whole sex part of the beginning was dying off. So towards the end, the sex was okay, but it was like not as much. But he notices it, and I and I'm like, I can't. Like he would like I he and I couldn't tell him that I saw these videos because I think I was trying to, you know, I was working on my exit strategy because I'm like, I don't want him to think it's because he's gay because really it's not the reason. It's the trust issue so i'm like building like so for 
weeks or a month, maybe. Um, it's interesting that we, your thought process is your you're, you don't want to leave based upon him thinking that you're judging him for for being gay when the thought process in your mind of, you know, my uh, partner is cheating on me, um, I'm being abused, and things about yourself aren't even in your thought process. You're still thinking about his feelings during that little uh, period. And um, I guess a question that I have for you as far as leaving goes, it's part of, uh, you know, you here, you're, you're, you know, these things are going on, things are stretching out longer. Are you uh, feeling embarrassed if you have to leave again and kind of want to stick it out a little bit longer? Is that going on at all? No. Okay. I am, I am like a drug addict. Okay. I start listening to your podcast. <laughs> I start becoming a doctor in... Um, Prior to this episode, too, though, um, I start listening to to narcissists, you know, reading about narcissism, and, and he, he hits all the, the you know, the check marks. Um, so I'm, like, trained. Like, I'm empowered. Actually, funny story, one day <laughs> I'm listening to your podcast, and I get to the office, and he hears it, and it's like the narcissist apocalypse. And he's like, I'm a narcissist? And I'm like, yes. And he is so upset that, you know, I accused him of being a narcissist. So, but anyway, I've been, I have been training myself through information for a long time. So I am like secretly in my head planning my exit strategy. And I keep saying to myself, um, you know, if he, next time he does it, I'm leaving. But it's like a drug. You can't. You can't do it on your own. It's like I had all the intention. I really did. So after the, the like, for example, after the cruise, I'm like, uh, in the cruise, actually, I forgot to say, was the first time that he, he didn't hit me, but he grabbed my arm really tight because uh, I forget I, he was fighting with me because, I don't know, whatever reason. So, um, after the cruise, I'm like, I'm leaving. And then I didn't. And then after the the video, I'm leaving. And then I didn't, right? So it's like, I really want to, but I, 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 I can't. It's, it's, um, but then he's, you know, financially, I'm starting to feel that I'm scared. And now I have no job. I don't have any prospects. I'm like, I, like I'm in a weird spot. Um uh, at some point, he I sell my car. Um, by then, I guess I'm fast-forwarding it to the pandemic. So it's a pandemic. I'm not using my car a lot. I need, I need cash. And I sell my car. So he's loaning me. He's, he has, like, three cars. So he's loaning me one of his cars. So when I say I'm attached, it's not only, like, there's not, like, I don't know if the, no, I, there's love. Like I, I still see him and I still find him attractive even to this day. It's crazy. But my, I think my, my, my head was stronger, right. Than my heart. And I'm like, I'm leaving, but then he's loaning me his car. I'm leaving. But then, so I slowly, like I stopped going to the office thanks to the pandemic. Um, 
at some point I like gave him his car back so he could steal it. So the last six months of our relationship, I was like pulling back. There was barely any sex. Like I don't even, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm sure he's getting his sex somewhere with all his options that he always has. But um, he, he, um, he gets an RV and he, <laughs> he then starts to travel like to the national park and just hang out. And he wants me to come. And I, can't really because I work and it's like I need to concentrate but I and plus I so one of the things that that has that really saved me um and I keep referring to drug, drug addiction because I know that um you know it's like you need to use like different techniques and one of the things that really helped me in not continuing this was that my sister would FaceTime me every single day Every single day, uh, she has a baby, and with the excuse of, like, showing me the baby. So I could not really travel with him because I had to answer the FaceTime. So I would go visit him sometimes in his RV somewhere near, you know, two or three hours away and drive back because I knew my sister was going to FaceTime me. It was so stressful. And this is after the video. This is after I'm planning whatever my exit strategy. Um, It's like... A drug, like he, you know, even in this, this national uh, park, um, you know, it's fun. It's fun. He's all, he's, he, that's the reason I fell in love with him. He's a fun person. He has a boat there and he has RV and in the nature. And I take my son like twice maybe to the RV. My son loves it. By then I have started to tell my son like, hey, you know, um, you know, in this time, we were not—we're like not really together. There hasn't—we haven't really broken up, but I'm pulling away, pulling away. So I start to tell my son, like, "Hey, you know, things are not working out. Like, ugh, you know, it can't, because my son was attached to him too. And um, and and I think that the last straw to this was that he wanted me to go more and more with him to the RV life and and and, and I, my, my work whenever I was there was diminished because I'm I'm you know who I'm on a I'm on a beautiful place with a boat and and I want to enjoy it but then I have to work so I'm starting to work less and less and I and I think that was like my last so to so to to explain i guess would be to keep up the pace of what he wanted and the lifestyle he was leading and being there for him everything else especially your work which you took extreme pride in you took extreme pride in him being independent took extreme pride in uh making your own money making a good living all of a sudden not all of a sudden, over this amount of time, that's all gone. You're not working like you used to. You're not making the money that you used to. All of a sudden, you're draining your bank accounts. You're, you're draining savings. You know, you're not able to concentrate on the thing that you identified with most and gave you the most pride in your life up until meeting this person. And emotionally and in your soul, that is hurting you 
not just in the bank account, but as a as a person and who you are. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Completely. And I'm pulling away, and I'm pulling away, and he's bringing me back. So, you know, he doesn't want to be left. He knows. He knows I'm leaving. Um, at this point, two things happened. I, I got a, a therapist. Um, I really had no, you know, money to go see my old therapist because he was very expensive. So I got myself a therapist um, from my home country, which was uh, more affordable, online. Um, so that's going on. So now I have, like, this this weekly strength with, like, where, who I can tell everything, right? Because I can't tell this to my friends anymore. I, I'm, like, alone in my own misery slash love, you know, terroristic place, novella. <laughs> um, so I, this therapist was, like, my angel because she's very non-judgmental, and I would say, like, okay, I'm gonna talk to him Monday, and then I would be like, no, I, you know, I went and I and I actually it was like a honeymoon, and I went and I had sex with him on the water, and I was like so irresponsible, and I hate myself. And she would be like, no, 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 we're working on it. It's you know, you're not, you know, the process. So he was so not judgmental that I could really be led, right? Because I think some of us start to lie to the therapist sometimes, I don't know, out of embarrassment. So that's going on, which is great. What's going on is that I'm starting to feel the financial, um, you know, strain. And I, you know, and I, in that, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. So I'm like, I, you know, that's another power thing that I have going on on my benefit that I'm like, no, I need to bring back my career. I'm doing the minimum or at least some, but I need to, you can't mess with my career. Like, you can't mess with my son, and you can't mess with my career. Because, you know, that's when I kind of come back to, to myself. Um, so in one of these trips, I, I want to come, I need to come back. And he's mad because I, you know, you could work from the RV. Why do you have to go? And I, again, I always have to come back because of the FaceTime. And, and it's so silly because I am past 40 but i have a lot of respect for my family so i did not want to you know disrespect them after um um i guess i'm sorry there was one last last thing that when my parents told me the reason i'm hiding this more and more was because he had he got into an argument with someone in my building and there was video of him where he was very aggressive. And they showed, I live, I live in, um, in a condo for the same condo for the past 20 years. So they know my family and my mom and whenever they come to visit. So someone showed the video to my mom and my mom told me, you know, I know you love him, but this, he, this is an aggressive guy. And I don't want him around my grandson. So if you go back with him, two things are going to happen. Um, I'm going to tell your son's dad that you're with an aggressive man, and I'm going to show him the video. And second thing is that at that point, I can't even afford to pay my mortgage, or not all of it at least. 
So my parents are helping me. And my mom says, if you go back with him, then you go back with him. And you live with him, but you can't live in the place. Like, I won't no longer support you financially. So I'm very scared, right? Because, like, I am, like, in the, hitting the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. And I have to hide. That's why I go back running every, for the FaceTimes with my sister. Because I don't want my parents to, you know, not kick me out. And, and it's so childish because I've been an independent woman since I'm 23 and I'm, you know, and I, and I can't blame him, but I, I blame, you know, I'm responsible for me, but how did I let this happen to where I can't afford my mortgage every month because I'm making enough money to pay for all the other things, but not enough for everything. So um, on, on when I tell him, like, I gotta go back, I gotta go back. We're driving, or I'm driving back from the national park, and he breaks my computer. He slams my computer because he's so mad that I work so much. And I just, like, um, this is, like, almost the end, but the... The fact that that's like the one thing I have left, right? That's where I do all of my work in my computer. I have no money to buy another computer at this point, like spend $3,500. And then he cries like a little baby, like, I'm sorry. But, but I just, after that, I walk out and I'm like, I don't care. I will figure it out, but this is it. I'm like, um, Fatima, this is it. Like this guy um, he's either going to kill you or, you know, he doesn't care about you, but, you know, he broke your computer. It was so meaningful to me. Like, that's one of the last things I have of me. Um, we break up. I think we, we really, truly break up until he starts to ask me for favors because he's done so much for me, right? He loaned me his car. He, at that, at some point, you know, if our client had, like, didn't pay me at the end of the month, I was, like, maybe two days, three days where I had, like, no money. So he would, like, pay for more stuff. Or one time he paid for my groceries. So, of course, he, you know, I owed him in my head. And he would ask me, like, oh, I need to go to leave my car and I have no one to take me. Or he would put me in situations where I had to, even though we were broken up, I had to help him. And, um, but I was standing my ground, like, I'm not going back. I am not, like, this is not, like, there's no fantasy anymore for me. I took advantage of my exit, and I'm like, I'm done with the computer. I'm done. But then I slowly, here and there, I would go maybe, maybe, twice i go visit him and then thanksgiving um thanksgiving came and he was alone and i felt so bad and and like i i went to i think i uh visit him the the night i i went to visit him for thanksgiving no sex just you know in my head you know imaginary me is this friendship but um Thanksgiving, he takes me to a, a bar that is, like, naked people, and it's okay, whatever you want, but I don't like those places. And it's Thanksgiving, and it's so, like, ew. Like, I'm not even with this guy, and I'm, like, I'm 
an older adult now, and I'm like on a naked bar on Thanksgiving, and you start flirting with the bartender, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, please go ahead. Like, at that point, I don't care. Like, I'm like, I think, like, he, he wants to make me jealous, and I'm like, that would be great for you. You know, you should be with someone who's open-minded and, you know, wants to. He, he was also, I never did it with him, but he also loved the, the whole threesome deal. And, and so I was like, oh, you know, this, like, be happy. Do, you know, find a girl that will do all that stuff with you. Like, don't convert me. Like, yeah. So I'm, that last trip, Thanksgiving trip was like, um, you know, I don't know why. I, I, I had nothing to do with him, but I was still there after he broke my computer. And then he decided he was going to go live in a different state, like 10 hours away from where we are. No, more, like across the country. And he wanted me to help him move uh, the RV. And because he's done all the things he's done for me, I, I, I had to help him because if not, he had to go alone. That, and, and I and I and I said no. Like I, I'm not. I can't. I won't. No. And I knew this was um, this was gonna be the catalyst to to the narcissistic last race where they do that whole crazy reaction. I knew it. I, I talked it with my therapist and I said I hope this guy never feels me. Um, doing anything sexual because this is a time where he's going to do it, like the stories I hear, like this is where he's going to email my, my, you know, cause I knew he was so offended that I was not going to help him. And he's traveled around the country. And indeed, um, he, the, the last night before he was leaving on his trip, I think I was at dinner and I got there and he was drunk. And um, I had printed, like, a little picture of him of, like, the town where we live in. I'm like, oh, here, you know, for you to take in your RV when you go to remind you of the town. And he's like, not even a picture of us. And I remember, like, almost smiling, like, like no, <laughs> like, we're not together, like, no. And he went into a weird rage. Like, he's always been gone into weird rages, but this was beyond normal where I he hit the wall and I think he bled and I thought this is where he's going to hit me like this is the time when you know he lost it like he was the the word is like he was like disengaged from his crazy self and um and I told him you know I'm gonna leave because you're scaring me and he, I, I don't remember much because I think I blacked it out. He didn't hit me. I was extremely scared. I, he has gone, like, he has gone from it. So I think that I was, I, I, I've seen so many stories that I thought this is when people lose it. Like, he's going to come and shoot me. Like, I, I, I had that weird, I've never had that feeling, but I thought, like, like, I went too far. Like, it's my fault. I should have stopped it. Like, after the video, like, there were so many instances where I stopped it because this guy's not mentally well. And, um, and I remember shaking, like, going home and shaking and calling, like, a friend. 
um, and staying like it, it was late, like 11, 11.30, like in high peak. And can you please come to get me? Because I'm like incapable of driving and I'm, and I'm scared. And I, I, you know, I didn't tell her any details, but I'm scared this guy's going to somehow hurt me. And, um, you know, it, he, the, 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 the good side of him is he's so nice. He's so helpful. And my son, he still loves to hang out with him. He, he's, um, you know, he, he's a good person when he's good. But when he's bad, he's super bad. Like, like you know, like, like it's like an angel and a devil. Like, there's no in between. Um, he he told me, um, you know, I was looking at a picture of you. You were so fat. I had gained weight again, like I say. Listen to your body. Because I had gained in this last time that I was with him, I gained another 20, 30 pounds. Like, I was at that. Heaviest at that point, I'm gonna tell you. Um, when I had my son, nine months in my belly, I was ten pounds heavier than that. It was like I was like so big, and it doesn't matter the weight. It was just like that's not who I am. Like I'm, I'm a healthy person who likes to exercise. Well, my body was not reflecting that. So he tells me this, like, you know, trying to hurt me for the last time. Right? I mean, you're so fat and you look so old. And I just, you know, at that point, I'm not, doesn't matter. Like, I'm just like, I need to flee for my life. Um, I go home and he starts uh, texting my, he knew that, you know, I didn't want, you know, he knew that I, that I was going to, um, that what my parents had told me, right? That if I went back with him, they would ask me to leave. They, they weren't going to help me with the, my payment. So he starts to uh, send pictures to my family uh, of us in the national park and in, the, and, uh, in Thanksgiving and telling them like, oh, when was the last time you saw her smiling? And videos of me and my son, um, like, like in different places. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that was her fault because, you know, it's like, I was embarrassed, but I thought he was going to start sending more, like more stuff, sexual stuff. I don't know what, so I called my parents, like, please block him. You know, I'm scared. I don't know what he has, what he's, he's very techy. So I'm like, I don't know what he has. And then he sent my sister, um, he makes a, a WhatsApp chat that says, um, fake. F-A-C-E. So he creates this group with my sister on the WhatsApp and doesn't say anything, just creates it. So then my sister calls and she's scared. Like, what What? what does he mean by fate? Is he going to come hurt me? Like, what, what is this? So there was all this commotion at the end um, with my family. Again, we've never had this kind of drama. No one in my family that I know of has been in a in an abusive relationship, no one, you know, this is all so, you know, different to us. So I'm like at a friend's place and um, I call his father and he, they're, they're, his family is a beautiful family, but they're totally, they're like neighbors 1000%. And I tell him, listen, I have never, they know him, they know he has these outbursts. 
he he fought with his brother, with the brother's wife, done shows, different uh, screaming shows at different places. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk to his brother. He doesn't talk to his friends. He has no friends. He another narcissistic thing. So they're not. I'm not calling to tell them something new, but I do tell them that we just fought, and that I'm scared that he. I had never seen him so like unhinged. And, um, you know, I need him to go over to his place and make sure that he doesn't do anything stupid, that my sister feels threatened. And the dad, you know, I don't you know, listens to me or, you know, I don't know what, what happens then. But it got to a point where, you know, that's the end. And, 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 and there was no end, other end than this. I mean, it's, you know, if you hear the, your stories there, it's never like a happy ending. And, and I... And I think that I'm thankful that nothing happened. Thank God, hopefully nothing will happen. Um, I trust that once he went to sleep and stopped drinking, that the next day he, he you know, he's a normal person again. But, you know, it, it, it you know, and, and I had to tell this story because, you know, I, I wish, I wish I would have stopped it before. You know, I got lucky. But what if he was truly unhinged? And what if he was going to hurt me? Um, you know, why? Why, you know, why let it go to that point? So now that you are uh, out of it, it's been since, I think, October, correct? October, November? November, yeah. November. And you did a lot mm-hmm. of research before on this subject subject matter. So how are you doing right now uh, as far as your trauma bond goes? Do you miss him? And what are you and your therapist working on? So I um, – there's been a lot of I self-discovery, self you know, learning about myself and what happened, I think I feel like I know everything about him and not, not, not like the narcissistic problem you know, and, and not problem, I'm sorry. The So I started to really start to work on me. And, and I think that, you know, my, my therapist was actually happy because she's like, oh, you know, this is wonderful. I get to hear about you and not him. <laughs> um so a lot of like, why did I, you know, why did I date him? Like, why, you know, why why did I make the decisions that I make? And 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 that's not to be critical of me; it's to understand me, to avoid in the future. So, where am I now? Myself, my spirit. Like, how is it that, you know, when how is it? That, that I can get to a point where I don't recognize myself because I did it in my first marriage. Obviously, my ex-husband, my own marriage, wasn't bad, but I also lost myself. I was, it was like I, I become someone who, who wants to make the other person happy, and in the process, I lose myself. So, so you you, you become a- you become codependent in the relationship. Oh, 1,000%. Okay. okay. So you're working on yeah. the codependency aspect in how, uh, what triggers um, 
make you fall into the codependency? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, with that being said, like, so after you guys discover that, like, how are you uh, doing now? And what are, I guess, what is your kind of outlook uh, going forward? So back to me, (laughs) I started to exercise again. Um, I joined a uh, beginner's triathlon club that... It's wonderful because it, it keeps me healthy, but I also, um, it's something new I've never done. There's a brand new group of people that I get to meet. They're mostly all like, you know, everyone's kind of healthy and they're outgoing. So that's kept me positive. Um, I am constantly, I have bad days. I have days where I still miss him. And actually when I miss him, I put one of your podcasts, like my therapy. Um, I listen to a lot of positive, um, podcasts, um, just about entrepreneurs, anyone doing like positive things. I've started meditating, which has truthfully, you know, it has helped me so much. Uh, there's an app from called uh, the Chopra app and it's, it's really good. Um, so I, I, I do that every single day. I feel like I'm like a sick person that needs to do all these little things in order to continue in the right path. I know. Um, Listen, you're you're an addict and you (laughs) have to keep busy. And sometimes you have to go to meetings and meetings for you is listening to the show. Sometimes you have to call your sponsor. And sometimes, you know, if you're looking to have a drink or you're going to do drugs, what the addicts do, instead of doing that, you have to get a hobby. And sometimes the hobbies are the best things to do is to exercise and to feel strong uh, in your mind and and in your body. And you're doing that. And, you know, those are the when you, you know, you were severely addicted and you have to do anything to uh, keep busy and make yourself stronger and feel stronger. So eventually as that addiction, um, you know, goes away little by little by little, you know, you, you filled your time up here with positive things and things that are moving you forward. And it sounds like that that is kind of the road that you're uh, taking here and because, you know, weaning yourself off of addiction uh, or not weaning yourself, going cold Turkey is very difficult to do. And you're sounds like you're trying uh, as hard as you can to uh, do all of those little things. And, you know, a lot of things I like to say when people, one thing people miss when it comes to addiction and recovery is, uh, eventually people start to do service work. And is that something that you're uh, looking, uh, that you kind of look to do or maybe in the future as far as helping people who are, you know, maybe in the same predicament as you? Yes. And I think this is the reason I wanted to speak to you. And, um, and I do feel that I am much more understanding. I am, I have become less and less judgmental to, the situations in general, um, you know, my friends, by the grace of God, are still, you know, they're good friends. My best friend, when when she found out I had gone back to him, was, like, so hurt. 
but I have good friends and I am slowly building everyone's trust. Um, it's a, it's a funny feeling. Um, you know, again, I'm past 40 and, and it, and, and I feel like a child, like rebuilding trust with my family and with that, it's part of the process. Um, how about the trust in yourself? Uh, also, I'm, I, I'm coming back to me and, and you know, the, this, the whole disassociation that happened, I had it really bad where it was like, you know, I, was, I remember trying to make a business deal and I was like, my self-esteem was so low. I was like, what, what, who is this person trying to make this business deal? Like, you know, because this guy had really pushed me down mentally. You know, I kind of like thought to be up, but not really. So I'm coming, I would be with sitting down with friends and I would like not feel like part of the group. So I'm, um, I keep saying I'm coming back to myself, but it's like my spirit coming back. Um, um, it's been a slow process, but I am like, I, I, the analogy I use is like a little, like, you know how they put the, the face mask on the horses, on the races? That's literally, like, what I do. It's like I am going to the right path, and I'm like a little horse walking forward, and I'm rebuilding with the, the relationship with my son because it was never broken, but I think I was so focused on this guy that these past two, three years, you know, if I fought with this guy, then I was, you know, like in a bad mood with my son, and, and everything was about spending time, you know, with my son, but also with him. So, you know, it's like... I have so much work to do. I, I, uh, I applied for a job. Um, I went, I did the fourth uh, uh, interview Friday. So it looks, everything looks like I'm going to get it. If I get this job, it puts me back to not where I was, but close. So it's like, I feel my life coming back. Sometimes I am so, you know, I'm such a go-getter. I want this to be over. Like, it's like, like, like it's, like, it's done. Like, let's go, you know, get back with it. And and I want my money back. And I want my, uh, you know, when I say money, like my financial stability and my career. And I want um, everyone to back. And it doesn't happen like that, right? Because, you know, some days, like, I'm on fire for two weeks. And then one day, I'm just, like, depressed. And I'm, you know, I've, I, I have tricks. Like, you know, I'm depressed. Or sad, I'm gonna go for a run. But oh, it's so exhausting. It's like I wish I could have like a little um, switch, right, where everything comes back, but it doesn't. So it's just being kind to myself. I, um, everyone around my family is like really strong and 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 and, and, um, and I'm like a go getter, and I need to be kind to myself. So. That's it. That's where I'm at. <laughs> well, I just want to tell you that, you know, you are a strong person. You've made it through here. You made through a lot that a lot of people might not have been able to get through. And you are here. And I think everyone in this community who is listening to you right now uh, knows that you're going to make it, that you're going to get back to where you need to be, where you want to be, where you deserve to be. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're proud of you for being here and we're proud of you for being really vulnerable 
with us here today and letting it all out um, for everyone to hear. And I know you're going to help a lot of people by just being you and being honest. And, you know, so I just want you to, to know that. And you, you did good. And, um, you know, even of this disaster, you're going to come out stronger and you're going to be better. And in the process, you're going to help other people too. And there's something to be said for that. So from the bottom of my heart, Fatima, thank you so much for being here uh, with me today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you listening. And I hope that lots of people get identified with the story. You can get out sooner than I did. Well, thank you so much. And for everyone else out there who is listening, I hope you have a good night.